Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of Business Shit. My name is Mimi G. I am your host and today's topic is how to successfully launch your product. So over the years I have launched a ton of products, <laughs> both um, solo projects, collaborative projects, partnership projects. I've done it all. Um, and so I thought it would be a really good um, idea to go over some of the things that I think are really important for you to know and to consider when you're getting ready to think about launching a product or launch your first product or even launch your second product. Um, because there are steps I think you need to take prior to launching your product and then obviously after you launch your product. So grab your notebook and your pen. You're going to be writing a lot of notes. You ready? Let's talk some shit. So launching a new, a new product, I think, requires uh, three key steps. You need to connect, you need to capture, and you need to collaborate. So that brings me to rule number one for me. Don't go from like dead silence to here's my product without creating some kind of plan or buzz um, for that product. So step one uh, is connect. And so when I say connect... I'm talking about connecting with the people who are going to buy your product. So obviously getting people to buy your product is not your goal. I'm going to say that again. Getting people to buy your product is not your goal, okay? Connecting with your potential buyer in a way that will make them loyal to you is your goal. And that, I think, is the one thing that everybody seems to miss, so how do you do that? Well, um, you do it by taking time to ask what they need uh, and finding a way to provide it by making sure that the goal remains to solve, right? We're going to get back into shit. You guys know what S-H-E-T stands for. You want to make sure that you find a way to provide it by making sure that the goal remains to solve a need and a want and not pad your bottom line. Now, I know that it seems like your goal in launching a product is because you need to um, obviously monetize in some way. But if your goal is to make money, you have already started off the wrong way. And you guys know that I say this all the time, you, and I've said it repeatedly in other podcasts, that is never your goal. The goal is to solve a need. And then when you do that, you end up inadvertently padding your bottom line because they work together. So when you do things because you care, you really care, you will always find success. The level of success depends on what you find most rewarding. So every time I get to teach somebody how to do something, how to create something, um, even if that turns into them learning to sew and then them you know, creating a side hustle for themselves, that's the reward for me. Do I monetize? Yeah, obviously you guys know that I monetize. I have a lot of different products that, I, that bring me income. But my goal has always been to teach. That's what I find most rewarding. And so I think that it's a tricky balance for some people to find what it is that they really care about and then monetize that specific thing. So for example, I'm going to give you a, a couple of examples on, on how what I want and what I care about the most leads whatever that I do, whatever I do and not necessarily uh, making money. Because I think that when you do what you love and you do it with an honest heart and you do it because you really care and then you do it in a way that is obviously appealing to other people, then the money sort of follows along with that. So for example, 
SOAD Academy is really, really important to me. Now, you know, I have tried to keep SOAD Academy affordable for almost everybody. And I have heard many, many times, you should be charging a lot more. Now, technically, if I, let's say, was talking to somebody else in strictly business, I would look at it from, you know, an outsider's point of view, again, strictly business, and I would probably say the same thing. You know you could increase your, what you're charging and increase your profits. Now, that's just because I'm thinking as far as, you know, logic and business, but I don't ever run my life that way. So for me, when people say, well, you know, you could be charging a whole lot more for SOAD Academy memberships, I always think, yeah, I probably could, but that's not my goal. My goal is to make SOAD Academy as affordable as I can for just about anybody. And so um, because I do that, because I want to keep it affordable, um, I always have really amazing students that are able to join SOAD Academy and learn something. So just recently, we've put you know a large investment into SOAD Academy, and we're redesigning and rebuilding the look of SOAD Academy, not just on the outside but on the inside for our students, you know, to have better function and better content and overall a better member experience. And so I did a live. Um, in our Facebook group to, to announce all the changes that they're going to be seeing over the next, I guess, almost two months before it's all done. And one of the questions that I got, and it was a good question, one of the questions I got was, is the membership going to increase? And it made me think afterwards, obviously, as I was putting this together, um, that that's usually how it happens, right? When a company takes on something new, the price increases so that they can cover that cost. So I immediately said, no, absolutely not. So an academy price is not gonna increase. It was a good question, but the investment is one that I am making for my students because I care about the experience that my students are having. So for me, I think that brings me to rule number two. Don't use your loyal customers to pay for your investments. You pay for your investments and their loyalty will eventually make up that difference. And that's how I pretty much run all of my businesses. Um, another example um, is the Jessica PDF pattern. So that is probably my most popular PDF pattern to date. Um, it went viral, everybody loved it. And so as soon as I saw that it was getting very popular, I immediately took it off the sales page and I made it a free download. Now, why would I do that? One, I realized that it was an amazing way for me to connect. Now, it was an amazing way for me to connect, not just with my current audience, but with a new audience, people that may have not really known me, but had found out about me through this PDF pattern that other people were sharing. And so I thought, wow, this could be a really great way for me to make this PDF pattern go from being popular to being very viral in the community and getting other people to be posting and sharing about it, which was an amazing way to connect. Now, for me, the value in that was not money. The value in that was creating potentially future loyal customers. That's how I connected immediately with people who didn't even know me. So I took advantage of that. Now, from a business perspective, you could think, wow, well, this you know, pattern was super popular, you could have made a lot more money. Well, the money would have been great, but overall, right, I needed to gain a loyal customer 
for that's going to last me much longer than the initial $9 or $12 or whatever it is that we were charging for that PDF pattern. So you have to find different ways to connect. Obviously, when you're launching a product, you're launching it because you want to make money, but you want to just make sure that you're connecting with your audience even in your launch. Step number two is to capture. You need to capture your buyer. And so your goal is to convince your buyers that they will get a return on their investment, making the risk of buying whatever it is that they're buying from you acceptable. The second part is to set yourself up as the buyer's best choice. Preferably only choice, but best choice is good too. And you can only do that by really giving a shit about what it is that you're providing. The other thing is that most people don't care enough to do the convincing and the capturing part and they think that the product will sell, will sell itself and it won't. You really need to, one, connect and capture. You need to be responsive, you need to be relatable, and you need to be reasonable in whatever product it is that you're launching or bringing to market. The third thing is you need to collaborate. So step number three is collaborate. Step number one you connect. Step number two, you capture. And step number three, you collaborate. And that means that you listen, first of all, to last week's episode on sponsorships, so that you learn how to talk, connect, and use influencers to launch your product. Using existing loyal customers is a really great way and influencers in your field to share your product. That's going to do wonders for your launch because people buy things based not just on a commercial or an ad, but on what other people are saying about it, especially if it's people that they trust. Also, timing is key and you want to give uh, both the ability to test and use your products well in advance, right? So if you're planning on launching a product and you want to collaborate, you want to make sure that you give enough time to whoever it is that you're collaborating with, whether they're influencers or other bloggers or whatever it is, time to use and test your products so that they can, when they speak about it, do so in an honest fashion, in an honest fashion. And then you need to remember to respect that relationship and acknowledge that their influence and willingness to work with you shouldn't be taken lightly. You know, a lot of people, especially now, we're more likely to buy from, you know, somebody that we follow on Instagram who mentioned using a product than we are from seeing a television commercial or seeing an ad in a magazine or on a billboard because that's how sort of we function now. So if you are developing a product and you're trying to bring that product to market and you're trying to sell it to the community, you know, where, where you build sort of your following or your audience, well, the easiest way to do that is to use other people in that sort of community to talk about your product and be excited about your product. And so you wanna be able to set up those sort of influencers and bloggers to sort of help bring your message. Then obviously, the larger your audience, the less lead time you need. That sort of just makes common sense, right? If you're, you know, have millions of followers and you post about something, you know, chances are that it's gonna have a really great sort of launch without having a whole lot of lead time. But fully planning your launch, regardless of the size of your social reach, will allow for better flow and overall success. So even I, you know, now if I'm launching a new product, I could do it with about five days lead time, just a week. Sometimes I, you know, I'll just do it with just a couple of days, but I know that I will have greater success if I set my launch time a little further out. And we're going to talk about that.
So your product might be awesome, right? You're like, oh my God, I have the best product and everybody's going to love my product. And, but you really have to understand that your product needs to solve, help, earn, and trust. You guys know the drill, right? Now, I will say this. I have seen in, I think, probably the last week within the community that I um, am popular in and that I work in and that I live in and that I breathe in, um, the same product being launched. It almost launched within like days of each other by two different people, same sort of product. And it made me think, are you launching it because it seems like an easy product to do, which it probably is, um, and because you've seen other people do it and be successful in it, and so you want to do it. Um, and it made me want to really talk about being original and having something that you're going to put out that is useful to people, right? Not just jumping ahead because you want to monetize something on your blog or your business and then not really thinking about, you know, how useful it is and the longevity of it. So I want to talk about planning your launch. Now, you need to know, one, are you ready? So have you tested the product? Have you developed pricing? Have you chosen what sales channels you're going to use? Have you planned your promotions? Have you created assets for sharing and posting? And are you ready to provide support once you launch? There's a lot to consider, but those are sort of like a really great starting point. So here are my launching must. One is you have to create anticipation. I refer back to rule number one. You should definitely use your mailing list if you have one. And if you don't have one, build it before you launch. Using an email marketing or marketing automation service is a really great launch tool. And I still use it to date. Email, as old-fashioned as it sounds, is still a very, very useful tool. You should also set up um, guest postings and pre-release reviews. You don't want to launch around big holidays. That's never a good idea. Holidays are usually great for sales, but not, re not very good for launches. And you should set your launch day. Now, I think about this every time that I'm going to set, uh, do a new launch. I'm like, okay, what day? Like literally like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What day in the week do I want to launch? So generally, Mondays are not very good because, you know, people are starting their week. They're sort of like just trying to get into the whole swing of things. And, you know, Fridays could be and could not be good. It really just depends on you knowing your audience. Fridays could not be good because people are like, shit, I'm off work. I'm looking forward to the weekend. I'm like ready to get started and not really paying attention to like new things, right? Fridays can be a little bit like not the greatest time. On the other hand, Friday is when people get paid, right? So you're like, oh, people get paid on Friday, so I want to launch on Friday. Well, the best days to launch a product are actually Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, okay? Thursdays, my preferred day because by Thursday, if I launch, I know that if people are going on that, oh, people get paid on Friday idea, then they sort of have a day before to know, oh, hey, I get paid tomorrow, this new product just launched. But Overall, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays are the best days where people are sort of, you know, surfing the internet and have a little bit more time and are looking around. And just from what I've done before, those always seem to be the best days. I try and stay away from Monday and Friday launches. 
Also, you want to know, um, you know, you want to offer a freebie or a trial or whatever it is that you're going to do. If it's a service or if it's a product or, you know, digital product. For Soil Academy, we do a free trial so you can sort of test out the system, see if you like what we do. Um, those are always a really good idea. Or if you're launching to have, you know, sort of a freebie that people get or some sort of perk. Um, and then obviously you want to offer early bird or early access pricing or perks. Now those are my launching must. They may not all apply to your, your product or your business or your service, but you should try and use as many as you can. The thing that I think is uh, most important after you sort of go through, through all of those things that I just mentioned is to stagger your launch. So for me, I have a 15 day rule. Okay. So and I've said already that, you know, sometimes I don't do the whole 15 days. Sometimes I launch something and I just did like five days, you know, uh, pre-launch or, you know, three-day pre-launch. But if I have the time and I have, you know, managed to do it correctly, because sometimes things get a little hectic around here and, you know, I end up running out of time. But I think that 15 days is a really good day. So I'm going to give you sort of an idea of how it would go. So day 15 you start to put up your coming soon page. Now, whether that's on your website or on your blog or on social media or wherever it is that you're doing it, having a coming soon page just lets people know that something exciting is happening. That's that anticipation. Ooh, something's coming. What is it? Then you want to start collecting emails. So if you're doing a blog or a website page, you want and on the coming soon, you want to make sure that you have a way for people to sign up so that they are first in line whenever you launch this product. So collecting emails for early bird pricing or perks is always a really good idea. Also, you want to start announcing the coming soon on your social channels. You don't want to give away too much information, right? Because you sort of want to leak it over the 15 days, but you do want to get people excited about something coming. Then usually between day 10 through day 7, we start the pre-launch. And the pre-launch can be, you know, you start working on your SEO. You start developing demo videos and images that you're going to use for your tease. You start sharing the first round of early reviews. Now, this is really important. Early reviews are great because it's sort of like when you're about to watch a movie um, or you're, you know, hearing about a movie that's coming out and you start seeing reviews that people have done because they've already seen the movie. It's not even out yet, but they've seen it. And so they give you reviews on what to expect in the movie. It's sort of the same thing. You want early people to start testing or using the product so that they can give you real reviews on what it is. And then you can use those reviews during your pre-launch. Um, you also want to begin using any paid advertising if it applies to your business. It might not always apply. And I actually just started using paid advertisings I think maybe earlier in the of this year, Instagram and Facebook both do really great jobs of doing paid uh, advertising, and um, I have found them to be very useful actually to reach targeted audiences. So I've only been using it, like I said, about six months, but I have found them to be uh, really good, and I do plan to use them a little bit more in 2019. So I'll have a better idea. Uh, of how it all works then. But what I've experienced so far has been very good for my business. The other thing is, um, and this brings me to rule number three, <laughs> always set up analytics. The last thing you want to do is to launch a product and not have something in place to track one, where is the traffic coming from? And then which social channels were most successful and if there were any issues. 
Now, obviously, if you're launching a product and let's say that you're using a series of influencers and paid advertising um, and then your own sort of marketing on your social channels or website or blog, you want to be able to track all of that so that you can see what was the most successful so that you can use it some more. And then between days six and three, you start to approach industry blogs um, about writing interest pieces for your launch. So when we were doing the uh, podcast launch, uh, I immediately went to my trusted influencers who I love and I know that they, they would give honest opinions. Um, and I set them up to do that. And then I wrote to other podcasters who write more about the industry that I'm in and told them about the podcast and then to see if they wanted to write ups on it or include it in their newsletters. And that sort of always happens about a week before the launch. Um, and then we share the second round of, of reviews, right? Because that's how we get people interested. Then you link and share any guest posts that you have um, either written or have gotten written for you. And then you start to send the launch email to the mailing list audience. Then between days three and two, you start to test the website and the shopping cart because you don't, I mean, you want to make sure that you don't have any issues when you launch with your website or that whatever platform you're using or your e-commerce shopping cart. Like you really want to make sure that it's all working. So I start buying things and testing to make sure that the process is easy. Um, and then set up posting schedule for your influencers. So what you want to do is on launch day, you don't want everybody to do it at one time. So when we did business shit, I wanted them to post at different times. So, okay, uh, you know, I want so-and-so to post between 8 and 10. And I want you to post between 12 and whatever. And I want you to post between. And then we have, you know, here are the assets. Here's what I want you to post. Here's the image. Here's the wording. Here's the links. You want to make sure that everybody knows exactly what they're going to be doing for launch day. Then on launch day... You want to launch the website, roll out the influencer postings, share on your social media, make a big deal about it. And the most important thing you want to do is engage, engage, engage. If people are commenting, if they are posting, repost, reshare, comment, answer questions, engage as much as you possibly can. And then a couple of days after that, you sort of want to do another announcement, share social media again. And again, engage, engage, and engage. So today's actionable to do is I've provided a printout of my launch your product checklist. Now these won't, everything on the list won't necessarily uh, work for your business, but I have listed a lot of different things in different areas that I sort of go through as I'm thinking about launching a new product and how I want to launch it that I think is going to be super helpful for you to go through the list, see what applies to you and start checking them off so that you can uh, launch your next product. If you haven't uh, joined our Facebook group, head on over. It's a really great support system and a great place to collaborate and bounce your ideas off other people. Um, it's linked in the description box of the blog post. So if you go to businessshit.com and it'll be linked for you there. And now we've reached our email segment, Talk Your Shit. Um, if you have a question and you want me to answer it or you just want to send me a lovely message, thank you so much. You can always email us at businessshit at gmail.com. And today's question is, hi, Mimi, you are simply amazing. Thank you. That's very sweet. I met you about three or four years ago at a workshop in Atlanta. I was surprised to see just how down to earth you were and still are. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, so I don't know where to begin. I own a Christian private school. 
but baking is my other passion. I haven't quite figured out how to take it from hobby to another stream of income. Any suggestions for me? I'm a student of Soil Academy uh, 2, and I love it. Well, thank you so much for being a student. Um, you know, that's sort of like figuring out how you want to monetize. And we've done this already. You might want to go sort of look, uh, listen through all of the podcasts because I've talked about how to monetize your hobby. But really, it's about how do you want to take what it is that you're doing and monetize. So if you are baking, do you want to create baked goods for sale and then take them to local shops? Do you want to um, cater? Do you want to teach other people to bake? Do you want to provide online courses on how to bake, teaching people how to make a cake or whatever it is that you do? Like there's so many different ways you can write an ebook. You could do uh, a cookbook on your favorite baking recipe. There's so many different ways for you to monetize a hobby. So you just really have to decide on what aspect of it do you want to do. And then you can do multiple. You could bake for sale. You could bake uh, for teaching. You could bake for um, a YouTube channel. I mean, there's, so, there's a lot of different ways. So it's really just about what excites you the most. You can even do in-person workshops where you teach other people to bake. You could teach kids to bake. You can, like, there's a lot of different things that you can do. And I think we live in sort of this time where you have the internet. And if you know how to do something, the easiest and fastest way to make money is to teach somebody else how to do it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And remember, in order for your business to succeed, it must be the shit. It should solve a problem, help them get past their current stage, earn respect, and build trust. I'm out.